Season two, episode four, VR education with Steve Banbury from Just Dubai. The VR Podcast, your realm for all things immersion tech in education and business. Prepare to be transported. Here are your hosts, Alex, Stephen, Amanda, and James. This week on the Virtual Reality Podcast, we have a very special guest who currently lives in Dubai and does quite a bit in virtual reality and education mainly focusing on high-end virtual reality experiences like those on the HTC Vive platform. His name is Steve Bambury. From filmmaker to iPad expert to top VR influencer, Steve Bambury helps bring educators from around the world together in virtual reality. Steve is the head of digital learning and innovation across the Just Dubai school system. He is an Apple Distinguished Educator, a Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert, a two-time winner of the Jess Award for Best Use of ICT, winner of the BET MEA Innovation Award 2018, and was named 2018 Trendsetter in the EdTech Digest Awards. Currently, Steve shares his experiences and his research on a website called virtualiteach.com. His CPD and VR events bring together educators and experts from across the globe for shared professional development in panel discussions in VR on the Engage platform. He has produced numerous iterations of the periodic table of AR-VR apps and is currently curating subject-specific playlists on YouTube for VR experiences. But above all, Steve is a nice guy who always is willing to share his love for virtual reality. And he was the first person I ever connected with in virtual reality when I first put on my HTC Vive and launched into the Engage platform. It is a privilege and honor to bring Steve on this week and to interview him on the Virtual Reality Podcast. Steve, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? So um, I'm... An educator, I've been, a, I've been a teacher for 17 years, the last 11 of which I've been based here in Dubai. Um, before that, I studied and, and worked in, in film uh, and took a lot of that with me into my early years working as, as a teacher just outside London, um, which is where I'm originally from. Um, so I did a lot of work creating films with students. And obviously, this is way, way, way back before mobile technology. This was connecting camcorders through firewires to laptops and things like that. Um, and so when uh, I got to a point where I was kind of, I, I kind of hit in a rut teaching just outside London. I felt like I'd done everything that I could do. I, I wasn't making a lot of money and I was struggling to make ends meet. Um, my sister was living over here in Dubai, living on the Palm Jumeirah, working for a bank. And I come over to visit her and, and she said to me, um, why don't you just come and work over here with, and like ha hang out with me in Dubai? And I hadn't even considered it. So I, when I went home, I Googled what is the best school in Dubai? 
And he said, <laughs> and he said, Jumeirah English Speaking School, which is abbreviated to Jess. Um, and these days it's, it's more commonly referred to as Jess Dubai. Uh, he said, yeah, Jumeirah English Speaking School is best school in Dubai. So that was the only one I applied to. And I've been there ever since. Uh, obviously, it helped wow. the fact that I had quite a unique CV with all the films and projects that I'd worked on with, with students in, in, back in the UK. Um, so I started off as, um, I'm a primary school teacher, uh, what you guys call elementary school teacher, uh, historically. Yep. I started off as a sort of teaching what, year three, grade three students, went on to year, uh, year four, uh, was curriculum leader, was year group leader. And then um, the, uh, the head teacher at the time, she said to me, our, our, our specialist head of ICT is leaving, would you, would you be interested in that job? And this was around about the time that um, the mobile technology revolution had begun. And, and it was myself and another colleague of mine called Asa Firth, who I kind of spearheaded that at Jess. We were one of the first schools in the Middle East to, to adopt the iPad in the classroom in 2011. Uh, so I said, yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, that gives me a new opportunity, a new challenge. So I, I moved into that role. And at that point, I was teaching uh, found what we call Foundation One. So what you guys call kindergarten. Um, so I was teaching sort of kind of kindergarten through to grade six. Um, which was great because I got to experience teaching a, a wider range of kids. And it was also in parallel to the change to the British curriculum where it went from being called ICT to being computing. There was a bigger focus on computer science. So I had um, kind of carte blanche to completely rewrite the curriculum uh, from the ground up, wow. which, was, which was fun. And then... So you know, what, you know what apples up means then? Yeah, yeah, I know what apples up means, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then 2015, uh, the director of Jess, because um, I, I was working at the original Jess Primary School, uh, which is, is about two years younger than the, the country is itself. But there's, there's another, we've got three schools across two campuses. So there's two primary schools and a secondary school. And um, each of the schools has a head teacher and then there's the director. And the director at the time, a guy called Rob Stoko, he was given the OBE by the Queen for services to international education, and he retired. The new guy who came in was a guy called Mark Steed, who came from the UK with this real pedigree in terms of uh, digital leadership, digital transformation, digital marketing, um, and digital strategy. He, he actually chaired the Independent Schools Digital Strategy Group for, for eight years prior to moving over to Dubai. And Mark was already connected with me on social media and, and, and he already knew some of the stuff that I was doing. And he was actually only in the school for a month and he came up to me and said, you know, Steve, you're kind of wasted in this role. Uh, it would probably be, be better if, if you had a role across the entire company, like working with staff, like helping them integrate technology and working with students and doing projects and stuff like that. W would you be interested in that role? Uh, and I said, yeah. Uh, and that was my interview. Um, and, uh, and so for the last three years, that's the role that I've been in, uh, working directly under Mark, I've been, uh, head of digital learning and innovation. So my role has been, um, a lot of training, um, but also the freedom to explore new technologies and to, to work with different departments and, and help them, um, deliver projects and, and integrate, um, new stuff like augmented and virtual reality. So there you go. And little did they know by giving you that cross-country role that you would also be creating all of these resources for educators all over the world. But, so. Well, to, to be honest, I mean, I, I, I kind of already had been because, so I set up, um, as I say, we launched the, the iPads in 2011. And by 2012, uh, especially in the Middle East region, I was just being inundated with requests for this resource, that resource, and help with this and help with that. So myself and a colleague of mine called Luke 
I set up a website called iPadEducators.com, which is probably a, a much easier website title for you guys. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> iPad Educators went on to become one of the sort of uh, best recognized and highly regarded uh, websites for iPads in, in the classroom. You know, we, we ended up bringing in an international team, uh, Saba Kidwife from, from uh, Los Angeles joined our team and, and she went on to actually work for Apple um, and a couple of guys from the UK, uh, Alex Johnson, then, um, so yeah, so we did that. And then off, off the back of that, um, Luke and I both become Apple Distinguished Educators in 2015. Um, and coincidentally, actually, 2000, it was late 2014, I got my first virtual reality headset. And when we became ADEs, one of the things that you're charged with doing, where you were back then, was you had to create a piece of content for Apple uh, as part of their Lessons in the Classroom series. And actually, the iTunes U course that I created was called a virtual world tour and it was spotlighted this year two project that I'd put together, which was um, creating an interactive world map using ThingLink and using um, 360 cities on iPads. And it was the first time I'd actually, it was the first project I'd ever actually integrated uh, this lone Google cardboard headset that I got hold of. I had to import it from America for $35. Um, <laughs> obviously back then you couldn't just go into the shops and buy like mobile VR headsets. Um, so yeah, it's quite nice that you know, looking back, obviously iTunes U seems to be on its last legs right now, unfortunately, but, um, you can actually still go and download that course from Apple. Cool. So is that how you originally got into you know, that your start with virtual reality? Yeah. You know, I, I, when I've been asked about this before, I, I quite often trace it back a little bit further. I mean, again, it, it dovetails in with the, the stuff that I was doing with the iPad. So we, we started using the iPads in 2011. So the, the two, uh, the, the people that were spearheading it, there was three of us. There was myself, uh, the guy I mentioned, Asa Firth, who um, has since gone on to become the head teacher of that school, youngest head teacher in the company's history, for fastest rise to head teacher in the company's history. Um, and, and Luke Reese, who's actually deputy head at the same school now, uh, at the one that I started at, where I spent eight years. And um, so it was the three of us kind of that were really, really, pushing the use of mobile technology and and in parallel to that we had hit upon augmented reality even though we didn't even know what it was called at the time so um orasma now hp reveal um we 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 started using that way way back i mean mm -hmm. there's a there's a video on my youtube channel that i dug out recently from 2012 of two eight-year-old students doing a demonstration on how orasma works because we had created these class photos in the corridor where you could scan them and they came to life like Harry Potter style. Um, and I mean, at the time there weren't a huge range of augmented reality apps. I remember playing around with the string showcase and, um, and obviously, um, Erasmus, as I mentioned, and then, um, color AR came out, which has gone on to be called quiver. Um, mm -hmm. so we were playing with a lot of that tech and, and that was something that I, I was always mindful of developments in, in, in that space. And, and kind of kept a, a, um, a, a thumb in, in, in that in terms of what, what was going on. But the project that I always kind of track back to in terms of where my love of virtual reality comes to is, is around about that same time we, we put this project together. Um, we used an app called uh, Epic Citadel. Now, Epic Citadel is actually just a tech demo from Epic Games. Um, it's, uh, it's essentially a, it's a 2D um 2d app on the uh on the ipad and you've got an on-screen joystick and you can navigate through this empty um castle this empty citadel 
And we used it as part of this Viking project, as part of this uh, Viking saga writing uh, project to immerse the students in this setting and help them build some description for the setting. And it was one of the most successful projects that we put together. And at the time, mm. I, I just remember just saying to Luke and saying to Asa, uh, there's got to be more stuff like this. Like how amazing would this be if like you could take something like Grand Theft Auto and just have none of the people and none of the fighting and none of the violence, but just have that space where people can immerse themselves in that space. And bear in mind when I'm saying immerse, I'm talking about just looking at it on a screen because it was all that was possible um, right. in a classroom back then. But I, I was looking for that. I, I'd seen the power of that ability to, to put students or to give them the, the, the sense that they were in this other space uh, and the the effect that they could have on on the way that they um, were in, in this case were writing about this particular space, um, so that that really was um, uh, I think what what fostered my 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 innate desire to find something that would work in that way. Um, so when that first headset came through in two thousand and fourteen, and I mean the apps that I was testing were they were rubbish in in retrospect they really were rubbish. I mean it's like you know like on rails walking around and there was one i remember where you could you were you were like a godzilla and if you went rah then then it like fire breathed down <laughs> I mean, it, it, there were silly things but i knew this was what i'd been waiting for for the previous couple of years this was the technology that that was filling that gap was that was filling that void um and then really it became about just starting to invest in Sets of mobile headsets, uh, which we did. We went with the Viewmaster headsets after testing a whole bunch of different ones, um, and then finding different ways to to integrate those. Obviously, we you started to see more content coming through. I have, I'm a was one of the very 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 first batch of uh, Nearpod pioneers. So when Nearpod launched their virtual field trips in 2015, they asked me to write some of that content for them, which I did. So some of their original 360 virtual field trip lessons were written by me, like the Mars one, the the pyramids one, the, the Burj Khalifa one. Um, Very cool. So we, we were using that. Google Expeditions came out, which was a no-brainer. Uh, and in, in the meantime, obviously, you know, not, not long after this, suddenly the words Oculus Rift and HTC Vive come into the vernacular. And, uh, and in particular for me, it was the video of tilt brush. When I saw the video of tilt brush, I was like that, that that's something this else is that is, that is, yep. that is just, that can't be as amazing as it looks That that must not work that well. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, the original promo video with the girl and, and obviously mm -hmm. they, they, they use digital effects to create it like where she's painting and you can see it. And I was like, that right. is just mind blowing. So I was waiting, I was waiting. And around this time we were, looking to sell our house. And I struck this deal with my wife that if we sold the house, she was allowed to buy this Thermomix thing that she was after, this super, <laughs> super expensive cooking thing, which fair play, you know, she's gone from zero to hero in the kitchen and she can suddenly cook all these amazing meals. So she's got her money's worth out of that. And I, and I struck the deal by, well, I'm, I want to get an HTC Vive. I didn't mention the, the, yep. the massive laptop that I needed as well. Um, <laughs> that was smart. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I got the Vive, um, about two years ago. It's about, uh, it's, yeah, was it February? Yeah. So yep. it was early February, 2017 was when I picked up the Vive. Yep. And then, yeah, and shortly after that we connected, um, and that was my first experience in, on the engage platform connecting with you where I was having this transformative experience myself. Um, so anyway, just wanted to add that in there. Yes. I, I, it's funny because I, I, what I've been doing, um, 
I don't unnecessarily date your podcast, but um, th- this week for me, I don't know when you're going to air this, but this week for me has been uh, it's been half term, but it's been heavily about preparing for next week. So next week we've got the the guest education conference here, which is the the biggest education conference in the Middle East. And this year, I mean, I, I've 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 presented guests for the last seven years. I've got a great relationship with those guys. I've won their awards twice. Um, so this year they're actually just given me carte blanche to 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 coordinate an entire virtual reality stage you know htc5 are, are helping me out in terms of hardware and stuff but i've yep. been able to write the whole put the entire program together for three days for this for this vr stage so what that left me with was this week i've been putting together all these presentations because i've got so many different presentations next week one of which is the, the very first one i put together was the cpd and vr story which is really nice because i got to do this retrospective and dig back through this my folder full of stuff and and evidence and and basically put together this this history of how the events came together i've seen loads of old pictures of of your old avatar alex from from the old (laughs) but yeah it was around that time because it was then it was i think it was either march or april actually no it was two years it was two years ago it wasn't one year one year ago we launched the podcast it was a year prior to that it was 2017 yeah it definitely was because it was around it was around about march or april that i uh, did right. the first test session with um, with uh, Dave Whelan, the CEO of, of Immersive VR Education. And mm-hmm. as much as Tiltbrush blew my mind on that, that first night I managed to set the Vive up, that was Engage was actually my first multi-user VR experience, which yep. I think for, for anyone, the first time you do something like that, it, it really is special. And and that, that again, just set my mind aware. And I was like, right, this this is mind-blowing. This is There's so many things. I could do with this, but of course I, I don't have a classroom full of vibes. I don't have the, the ability right now to facilitate this in a classroom. So mm-hmm. what can I do? And, and then the obvious thing seemed to be, well, find other people like me who are teachers that have got right. a vibe, gone and got a rift and try and pull a group together, which led to, yep. that, led to that first session in June, 2017. So what are some of the most rewarding moments you've had? And, and maybe just for the audience that's listening, tell us a little bit more about what CPD and VR is. Is that because, and, is that because you're just, American and you don't know what it stands for? <laughs> yeah. I get that all the time. And you know what? Yep. When we hit the one-year anniversary, I, 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 you should see the thread. I went backwards and forwards with Chris Madsen and Chris Long and Mike Armstrong and trying to decide whether or not to drop the C. Because in America, uh-huh. you guys all call it PD professional development yeah. whereas across europe it's, it's more broadly referred to as cpd continuing professional development gotcha and you know what i even redesigned the graphics for the anniversary event with PDVR. <laughs> i had the post in twitter and i was typing in the hashtag and i couldn't tweet it i was like it just doesn't look right it just doesn't look right i, I don't care that <laughs> i don't care that the american folk don't understand what it means they can just keep dming me and asking I can't change it now. Um, it works for me. It works for me now. I mean, it's it is it's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yep. Once you know, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, but what are some of those some some of those most transformative experience or moments that you've had within that? Um, you know, all of that professional development, those sessions of where you're bringing in educators and speakers on that engaged platform. Uh, it's been amazing, man. To, to to go from that original presentation. In, in June 2017, where it was just me stood in the virtual lecture theater delivering a presentation to to go on to host panel discussions. And I've now got the live from Dubai talk show format that I'm doing as well. Um, and we've got some some other 
variations coming up as well. We've seen the numbers swell. And I, I have uh, the data that all the way back to the start. And it's really interesting because on my spreadsheet, I right from the start, I thought I'll highlight like, because in the, when people register, I, I get them to say whether they're connecting using a Vive and Oculus. I've, now, yep. Nowadays it says WMR as well, or, or just from PC. And I have the, the Excel formatting set so that if, if it's anything apart from PC, it highlights in yellow. And if you go back to those original sheets, there was a lot less yellow. There was a lot more people that were just connecting through a monitor. Um, and you can see that, that swell in numbers. Whereas now there's a lot, there's very few people that connect via monitor because most people have got, got access to at least one Vive or one Rift. But in terms of, in terms of highlights, man, I mean, the first anniversary was probably, is probably top of my list. You know, it was one year and I decided wanted to try something special and ended up pulling together six hours straight. Um, you know, Alvin Graylin from, from Vive keynoting and we had Bob Fine and Charlie Fink and then you guys closed it out. I know, Amanda, you couldn't be there, but um, did, manage, did manage to get you on um, shortly after that, afterwards. I need to get you back on to talk about your book. Yes, um, that, that would be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, other highlights. Uh, I mean, some of, the, some of the early panels that we did, there, there, there was the one panel that really has had huge impact was the, um, the VR for Empathy panel that we did around, I want to say September, it was either September or November 2017. So I, I chaired a panel discussion on VR for Empathy with... Um, Caitlin on there? No, 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 no. Caitlin, first time Caitlin actually did it was the anniversary event last year. No, this, okay. this was an early one. This was... Um, it was uh, Dave Romero from Vive, who, who works for the VR for Impact program at Vive. Um, it was uh, um, a guy called Sean Gilroy, who is head of cognitive design at the BBC. He runs the BBC Cape program. And the third guest was uh, Dominic Escafia from um, NVIDIA. Um, but the reason I, I, I would highlight that as, as something that's had particular impact is, is the relationship that I then developed with Sean from the BBC, who created this amazing uh, autism experience in collaboration with a, a lady called Lena, who works as part of that group, who is autistic. And it's essentially her view of the world as seen in, in 360 video. That led to one of the projects that we're, we're uh, launching and debuting next week, which is um, our sixth form psychology students asked me about virtual reality and resources in virtual reality. I showed them Sean's film. Uh, and the, the girl that uh, heads up the psychology society, she was blown away. That led to the psychology society Skyping with Sean and Sean talked to them about the process that led to them wanting to try and make their own film. And then flash forward eight months and they've produced this 360 film experience about exam stress because they spoke to our school counselor. Mm -hmm. She said the number one thing she deals with in secondary school is exam stress. So they've produced this 360 film. And when I say they've produced it, I mean, literally I, I, <laughs> I had no, no hand in it at all. Like they've, they've, they've written it, they've cast it, they've filmed it, they've edited it. Um, the simple piece of software that I suggested for editing it, the girl come back to me and went, no, it's all right, sir. I'm going to use Adobe Premiere Pro because I can do this, this and this on it. And I went, fair enough. You, you know, you go, if, you, if you're comfortable with that, that kind of software, that's good for me. So we're actually, um, we soft launched it with some kids just to test it. And then we've just done some final tweaks. And then it's going to get its world premiere next Wednesday at the guest conference. And the students are coming Very down. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, the, cool. the one other highlight I would say related to my use of Engage, it wasn't necessarily a CPD VR event, but the, the, classroom, um, the classroom VR 
event that uh, Chris Long coordinated last year. That was, I mean, that was just ridiculous to be involved in that. The world's first global VR lesson. Um, if, if you've not seen the stuff about that, that was, so I hosted a lesson with a group of students. I was here in Dubai and students were in uh, at this college that Chris was working at at the time in Slough. Um, so uh, HDC Vive and, and uh, Immersive VR Education, they, they partnered on this project in, 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 in Slough. They, you know, they set up a whole suite full of Vives. So I, I, I led this lesson. We started on the moon. I took them to Avery Stone Circle inside Engage. And then mm-hmm. Tagged out to uh, Lauren Carpenter, the co-founder of Pixar, who was at his home in Los Angeles, probably polishing his Oscar. Um, <laughs> so he then, uh, he then uh, delivered a lesson on quantum physics. It, wow. when it, actually, it started as a lesson. It, well, it started as like kind of his history. And he was talking about how he'd met John Lasseter and you know, how he used to work for Lucas, LucasArts and stuff like this. And then somewhere in the middle, it morphed into a lesson on quantum physics. There's, um, there's a brilliant video about it on, uh, on VR Focus, where, where uh, Nina, who used to work at VR Focus, has, is, is, she was there in person for the event. And, and her reaction to the quantum physics part of it is hilarious. I wanted to just ask, I know you've done a bunch of other projects. You did the 100 Voices of VR uh, blog post and project. That was a big one. Um, you've got a new infographic that you just released highlighting VR apps for education, which I think is amazing. You've got some, a YouTube channel that you're really pushing experiences across different disciplines. Um, you know, is there any one of those things you want to you wanna highlight, especially um, for our audience, which is a lot of teachers and um, you know, instructional, instructional designers in school districts and IT administrators? It, it, it kind of depends what level they're accessing the technology. Um, if, if you're talking about the higher end VR stuff, then obviously the infographic that I've just put out about with the 90 different examples of educational apps for, for Vive mm-hmm. and Rift and WMI headsets is there. And, and the stuff that I'm doing on my, on my newly refurbished YouTube channel is, is more tailored towards um, the Vive stuff. I, I know I've got some Vive focus videos on there and I've got some, some regular Vive videos on there. Uh, Gotcha. Obviously, a, a lot of educators are still working in, in the mobile VR space. And, and again, coming back to the guest education event next week, I've got one session which I've just actually written the presentation today, which is specifically about resources for getting going with VR um, using iOS and Android. Um, so, it, I mean, if I was going to direct people towards that, we've got the, I've got the two periodic table um, pieces that yep. I put together with the ICT evangelist Mark Anderson. Uh, one that we launched at BET last year and then the one that we've just recently launched at BET London this year. Uh, going back to the YouTube channel, I've, I've got the, the 360 video playlist. So I've curated the, the world's largest collection of educational 360 content. So you've got over a thousand videos curated into 20 different subject specific playlists. So all of that content is, is, is great. I mean, YouTube is a great place to start for, for educators that are looking to, to stick their toe in the virtual water because it offers great equity. You know, a, a, a 360 video on YouTube, it will work on any device. You don't need to have one-to-one headsets. You might just have a couple of headsets. You might even just have one headset and you're sticking your own phone in it just to try it out and students are using tablets, but it, they can still access that content. Um, so, I mean, th- th- those would be some of the key resources. Obviously, the, the website, virtualityteach.com, um, there's tons of other resources on there. Everything, not every, literally everything you've just mentioned that I do, everything I do outside of Jess is not for profit. Everything I, I share freely and I produce just in my spare time. So um, by all means, go on, dig on around on the site, dig around on the YouTube channel and, and find something useful. 
And and if you had advice for teachers that are just just starting to learn about VR, and uh, is there like you know one or two points that you would point out to teachers that are um, that are just getting started? So, I was asked this question at a, a conference last year, and I thought, you know, I've heard the same answers to this question again and again and again. I'm going to try and come up with something different, and the response that I gave was document what you're doing. Now, part, part of what I, mm. my advantage is that my, my background being in film is that um, if you go on the Just Dubai YouTube channel, you'll see videos of VR projects that I've put together. And again, this is all just stuff that I've edited in my spare time, but that is partly because I've got a background in film and, you know, I've, I've been editing video for 20 odd years, so I, I can quite happily sit down in an evening and chop a video together. But it doesn't need to be some fancy tailored production. The, my point of saying, uh, that you, it's important that you, um, that you capture some of that content is it's very, very hard um, to explain to people what it's like using virtual reality. It's potentially very hard to sell school management on the idea of investing in virtual reality, especially if you're the techie person in the school who's always going to be going on about techie stuff and potentially could be seen as this is just the new thing that he's into or this is just the new, like, the new fad. Whereas yep. if you actually capture some of the magic where students have used the technology, you capture that student voice, you capture the, 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 the educator voice, you've got much more convincing evidence in terms of being able to justify further investment in the technology, further investment in, in, in virtual reality or indeed augmented reality as well. Steve, I, I agree. And I, I, I think that's the mantra that I've used is you have to tell your own story. Mm. And I think if you can capture that footage, you're, you're able to tell that story. All right, really quickly, what's next for you, Steve? Do you have anything kind of coming up or anything on the horizon? So, I, I mean, it is kind of public now that I'm, after 11 years, I'm leaving Jess. Um, the, <laughs> the, the internal thought at first was that I was leaving with Mark because Mark's moving to a school in Hong Kong this year. But in truth, I had actually already made my mind up that uh, this year was going to be my final year at the school i i kind of I, I feel like i'm ready for a new challenge and i turned 40 last year and and um i just thought now's the time to, to kind of take the next step i nearly did a few years ago i nearly moved, moved into like a consultancy row role um so yeah so in terms of what i'm doing uh it's still somewhat in flux uh and there's certain stuff that i can't talk about at the moment but i in, in, in theory, what I will be doing is setting up in this region as a, a virtual reality consultant and specifically working in VR. And to be honest, the way that I've explained it to people is that I, I actually see it as a shift in um, the industry that I work in because my aim is not necessarily to be the VR guy in the education industry. My aim is to be the education guy in the VR industry. Excellent. Well, we're going to take, we're going to leave it there and we look forward to hearing more. So thank you. Uh, thank you everyone for this talk. Thanks to our listeners for joining us on this journey. If you liked our conversation, don't forget to check out our other episodes. We also want you to join in the conversation, use hashtag VR podcasts, ask questions or comment in VR immersion technology, or even about the virtual reality podcast. And again, thank you, Steve and signing off. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank yep. Thanks, Steve. Want to hear more or connect with us? Subscribe to the podcast and find us on social media at The VR Podcast.